I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we're diving deep into how we can overcome imposter syndrome. Yes, this is going to be such a powerful topic. I'm so excited for it. You know, I think so many of us deal with imposter syndrome and self-doubt and, you know, and all of that on a regular basis. You know, we struggle with feelings of unworthiness and and just feeling like we're not good enough. And this often stops us from going after what we really want. You know, for the amazing women out there listening, you know, who are familiar with this, who aren't familiar with this term, can you give us firstly, I guess, a bit of a definition around, you know, what you see to be imposter syndrome? Look, I'll answer it a little bit of a different way. I think that it's that people almost feel guilty for wanting more. And I think it's that they perceive if there's something that they want, that they've got to strive for, that they may come across being egotistical or uh, maybe, you know, you're you're being up yourself to expect that you could do that. Um, you know, it's, it's almost vulgar for someone to think that they could be more than whatever that more than is. And that's the imposter syndrome, I think, is where people feel because of that, wow, who am I to even contemplate or have these thoughts that I could be more? And that's a shame. I think we we have, you know, your actors and actresses and your, you know, your super wealthy people that are in the media. And I think then that's the expectation. And we've all probably put together some ideas around what that person or who these people are based on what they project in the media or what we see of them. And we're not looking at the whole person. We're not looking at their whole journey. And I think that because they look so amazing, because ultimately we're seeing them, you know, during the success and the end of their journeys, well, not the end of their journeys, but where they've reached that really amazing point. So you're feeling that you need to be at that point straight away. So who on earth are you to think that you could be as good as that? And I think we forget that there's so many micro steps along the way to, to get to whatever that level of success you deem is successful. So I think we just all have been brought up feeling that, you know, it's it's not, it's kind of egotistical to think that you could do any more than just go get yourself a job and, other, you know, be a mum or, and, and, and that's a shame too because really that that is success for a lot of people too. Um, so my whole thing I guess is try not to, I suppose if you are looking at getting into something, try not to look at the end result too much. And I think if you are, again, focusing on the glory, the glamour, 
the people that you're looking at and you're comparing yourself against, why are you comparing yourself against those people and causing this imposter syndrome? What is it that you're comparing? Are you looking at how much money they've got, how well they're dressed, um, how fit they look, how many continents they've travelled? Are you looking at where they are right now and you're comparing yourself to that? Because so you're therefore comparing yourself to an end result, which is ridiculous. You need to uh, have that as a goal, possibly, something that you can strive for, but also understand that there is a journey for everybody to get to that success point. And, and what you're seeing and what you're comparing yourself against and what you're making yourself feel sick over is the result of all the things that made that person feel sick along the way. All of the the trials, the tribulations, the self-doubt, they've had the imposter syndrome. They've gone through all of that to get to that final result. So you're really not being fair on yourself comparing yourself to other people because it's a total different person, total different lifestyle, experiences, and no doubt you're comparing yourself, probably if you're honest, to someone who's been in the industry and done really well, but over a long period of time. And you might have only just found them in the last 12 months, but I can promise you they've probably been treading water for for many, many years prior to that. It's just so well said. You know, I think, and, you know, I say myself included in this, I think we can get so caught up in what we see and, and you know, in, in all the, the fabulousness of, you know, the end result, which mm. is what you were saying. And it's, it's so right. It's almost it is that end result. Mm. You know, why do you think we get so we can get so caught up? And, you know, how can we, I guess, get better at appreciating that there's a whole journey before that? Mm. Look, I think we're born into this world to seek happiness and comfort and security. I think that's just innately part of our makeup. And so to do anything against those feelings uh, will feel unnatural and will make you feel like, oh, there's warning signs. This is going against my my body's desire to be happy, secure and comfortable. Um, and it, it is, it's stepping outside that comfort zone. Um, look, I, I think that for most, if you really are just focusing on that end result, you become someone who, you know, in anything, not just from business, but maybe you've got a health goal, maybe you've got a family goal, maybe you've got any kind of ideal. I like that they're ideals and everybody, it's subjective, isn't it? Everybody's ideals are different. But if you've got this ideal in your mind and that's what you're striving to, I think that's amazing. But I'm a little bit apprehensive to talk about goals all of the time because I feel that we get so caught up in the goal, which is the end result, which is the ideal, that you're actually begrudging yourself along the way and you're feeling disappointed because you've constantly got this picture in your mind of how it should look. And that's okay. You've got to have something to strive for. But if every little picture along the way or every little event along the way that doesn't look like that end result, you're really making yourself feel sick about and you're really judging yourself over what is the point of the goal because that goal might not be reached for 10, 20 years. Like in my instance, it was well over 10 years before I reached any form of what I would perceive as my success Um, and that's a long time. And so, um, and I'm not going to say I didn't hate points along the way, like we're only human, but if, if I only ever was striving for this end result, I've wasted 10 years of my life. Um, 
okay, yes, I've got a great life now, but what about that 10 years? And for some people, you know, life is a blessing, growing old is a blessing. And if you're only ever constantly striving for this end result, you're wasting your life. That's my perception of it. You need to be able to accept the the highs and the lows, uh, sit with the highs and the lows and accept that they're going to be part of your journey, but try and find it that there's a something to learn from this, there's something to grow from this, but you must seek some form of happiness along the way within yourself and the life that you have currently because I think, you know, I, I honestly feel that sometimes we've got so much opportunity that it becomes so overwhelming. Um, you know, in simpler times when, you know, probably even when I was a kid, you, you really just... I mean, going to uni probably wasn't even a thing. It wasn't really an option. It was just not even something you really did. Um, when I got to high school, it became obviously more popular, but it was so so much simpler. And I'm not saying that I know the statistics around mental health from then to now, but I, I would argue that the amount of opportunity, as great as it is, it really pushes this imposter syndrome because people feel like they should be doing more or they should be aspiring to be more, they should be um, achieving and they should be doing and looking like all these things they're seeing. And and it's because you can travel and you can pretty much get your own, start your own business now. I mean, that's just unheard of mm-hmm. 10, even 10 years ago, just to sort of work for yourself. Like things are more accessible in opportunity and in what you're seeing and what you're hearing. We hear more about the news around the world. So there's so much more content and information and there's so much more life that we're aware of, which is amazing, but that's so overwhelming because this is where this imposter syndrome comes into play where you feel that even if it's not on the scale of business, that it's on the scale of you're not doing enough. Maybe I'm not donating enough money. Maybe I'm not doing enough charity work. Maybe I'm not wearing enough awesome clothes. Maybe, you know, my business doesn't have enough customers. It's so uh, disproportioned to the, the reality of that person because ultimately your business, you might be happy with five clients. It's totally cool. Um, you know, you might be happy never leaving Australia. That's totally cool, you know, and I think it's it's about really getting in tune with yourself and what makes you happy um, and then understanding that that's okay. It's just all so, so great. You guys can't see me, but I'm all, I'm nodding my head furiously, um, you know, as Bryony speaks. I guess a question I've got for you is how, if we think back to your journey and kind of the last 10 plus years with Adorn, you know, was there was there a point where you kind of went, I have to start enjoying this. Mm. I have to start enjoying the the really kind of you know the everyday of this. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, mm. yeah. Look, I think for me, and I, I guess what I can explain my, and I guess at the time I probably never thought of it as being imposter syndrome, but I do remember thinking. I mean, if you think you know, Adorn Cosmetics is a beauty and skincare brand, and so you know, twelve years ago what an arrogant, egotistical thing to think that I could start a brand uh, that's already in an extremely saturated market with competitors that have, you know, multi-million, billion-dollar budgets. Now, if that's not enough to scare the pants off most people, I don't know what is. Like, that's just total ludicrousy, really, if you think about it. So for me, you know, there was definitely moments where I felt like, who, you know, you know, you're not Mac, you're not 
you know, you, was comparing myself. Like who on earth do you think you are to be even having the notion you could create something? Um, so there was definitely those moments and there was definitely moments where people would question what mm-hmm. I was doing and they would say that. Why Why would you do this? Why would you? There's so many other competitors. There's so much makeup on the market. There's, you know, like people just blatantly rude and I think you have to accept that you are going to come across people who will question you which will make you have a little bit of self-doubt and that's okay but just you need to nip that in the bud as well because that's their inadequacy and their concerns not yours you know ultimately what other people think of you doesn't define what you're doing and what your journey is so I think if you acknowledge that you will have people questioning you along the way um, which can make you feel a little bit doubtful about where you're headed just go that's one of those moments that I knew was going to happen I've got someone doubting me and that's okay they don't get my story they don't actually get the whole what I'm trying to achieve and especially if they've only known you for five seconds how on earth could they actually really construct a a decent argument against why you shouldn't be doing something because they don't know wholeheartedly what it is you're trying to achieve and so for me Yes, there were definitely moments that I want anyone to think, oh, you were just confident enough to get on with it because that wasn't the case. I was definitely little little old me who who on earth do I think I am. But I did believe enough in what I wanted to do that I would just have that self-talk. And I often talk about um, having that dialogue with yourself and talking to yourself a lot and because you only know yourself as well. No one else knows you as well as you do. So there's nothing wrong with having a little combo in your brain. Um, and I would often do that and just say, okay, look, these people don't understand. You're not actually just trying to produce makeup. There's, you know, the ethics around it. There's the belief around it. There's the end for me is really trying to create something that's an ethical Chanel almost. They're not they're not understanding that. They're not going to get that. So for me, um, it was always trying to come back to, okay, I feel really uncomfortable about this, but what what has really created this feeling of imposter syndrome? What's really caused this moment of self-doubt right now? And it's usually, if you're honest with yourself, because you feel judged, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you feel that, well, what if they're right? What if I do fail and then I'm going to look like a failure? Um, and, you know, what if I'm just not good enough? And so if you're honest with yourself why you're feeling that, let yourself sit with it, accept that that's okay because you are not the only person everybody at some point, whether they're a mum, whether they're in business, whether it's a friendship, there's self-doubt. Did I explain that right? Maybe I said something the wrong way. Maybe that was perceived the wrong way. Like there's always self-doubt. Everybody has it. And when you acknowledge that everybody has it, it's much easier for you to say, okay, I'm just having self-doubt. That's fine. Acknowledge that you're allowed to have negative feelings. I think we feel that we should be positive all the time and happy all the time and, you know, chanting affirmations and just bouncing out of bed. It's not a reality. I think we need to come back to the reality that life is a bit hard. You will have negative moments about yourself. You will have self-doubt. You will sometimes want to throw the towel in. So at the minute you, even when you're a kid, when you're a mum, you want to throw the towel in and give your kids away. That's okay. Like, I think we are hard on ourselves because we're having a negative feeling. So you think, oh, I'm having self-doubt. So if I'm having self-doubt, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. That's crap. You're human. You're allowed to have some self-doubt, for goodness sake. And I think if you acknowledge these what I call sort of negative feelings for a moment, they actually bring you back to sort of some sort of equilibrium where you can use that as an opportunity to say, okay, 
what is making me, why am I feeling like this? Is what they've said or how I'm feeling valid? And if it is, is this an opportunity now maybe to tweak something? Maybe this is an opportunity that you could be tweaking because if you're getting uneasy feelings, there's usually a reason for it. If it's just simply self-doubt, you need to bugger that off. But if is it a signal that there is something that you could tweak, you know? And and so don't try and get away from these negative self-doubt things because it just will happen and you will have them. I have them now and I'm 12 mm-hmm. years on um, but and I've been in business a lot longer than that um, and I still doubt things sometimes but I don't let the doubt uh, override what I'm trying to achieve and that's ultimately what you need to come back to. And so it is very much about, okay, am I really solid in my belief in what I'm doing? Am I really solid in the belief that I want to be home with my kids? That's my mm. that's my journey. I, I don't that's all I want to achieve. Am I solid in the belief that I'm happy to have my little boutique business with 10 customers? Or am I going to constantly feel like I've got to do more to keep up with journey up the road and then you're taking on more than you ever wanted to and then you're not happy. Um, It's really about being a bit hard on yourself and stop trying to, people say, I'm not trying to live up to other people's expectations. I don't care what people think. But if you're having self-doubt and you've got imposter syndrome, then you are. Ultimately, you know, and I'm not meaning that in a nasty negative way but if you do feel that you're being an imposter or you do feel as I said that the self-doubt you are trying to or your expectation of yourself is to live up to somebody else's lifestyle and and that's not fair it's unreasonable and it's unjust to your life that you've been given to do that so you need to be super hard on yourself and go what really is going to make me happy and then everything around that I don't care about like that. Mm-hmm. This is my thing. I'm cool with uh, five customers. I'm cool with, um, I don't know, five hundred dollars week in sales. I'm cool with that. And that's 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 your story, and that's what you've got to stick to. And then the self doubt becomes a lot less because you're very very, you know. For me, I've always said with my business, um, you know, I always want to be the only owner. Um, I don't want to have boards of directors. I don't want to have a business that's got a hundred staff. Um, you know, I've, I've set myself limits that I'm really not prepared to go over. Um, and some people would be like, oh, that's ridiculous. You're limiting yourself. Well, that's fine. And that's not to say that won't ever happen, but maybe I might not be part of that journey then. I'm quite clear on what I'm prepared to do and what I'm prepared to take on um, because I know what my personality is like. I I know what makes me happy um, and being caught up in a massive uh, corporate type situation with, you know, and that, that, that suits some people. I'm not saying there's anything against boards of directors and, and all of that power to them. It's not my jam. I'm not, that's just not what I want to do. So I'm really clear on that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an Impulsive person. I'm. I, I. I want things done yesterday. A board of directors wouldn't cut it for my personality, and I'm aware of that. So you need to be really clear on yourself as a person, how you work, um, and you know, be very clear on what you want. And I think if you are honest with yourself, then those little snippets of self doubt become less and less, or you're able to flick them a lot quicker. Oh, love the idea of flicking off the self-doubt. Mm. Oh, it'd be so it'd be so great. So I guess just even on that, you know, I think 
you talked a lot about this idea of just getting really clear with yourself and getting, I think it comes down to also getting okay. Mm. Like, this is what I want to do and I'm actually okay with with just this. Yeah. Unfortunately, so many of us, we we might say we're good with it, Mm. but in the back of our head, there's that little voice going, oh, but, you know, you're not as great, you know, "Mm, could you be going a little bit further or maybe you should be trying to be, what you know, have Sally's business because her business is so much, Mm. whatever it may be, you know, how can we get okay with the decisions or I guess, you know, what we actually want? And then I guess, how can we build that more self-belief? I think it's, I think it's practice. Mm. I think it's practice and I think it's experience. I think that you, unless you've got that personality where you are really able to just switch off um, and, and that, might almost be a personality that would be questionable um, (laughs) because I think you've got to have some feelings. Um, But if, you know, if that just doesn't come naturally to you to be so uh, strong in your opinion and what you think is right for you, I I honestly think for the majority it is practice and it's experience. Um, You know, was 20-year-old me as confident as 40-something-year-old me? <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. Um, definitely not. Um, you know, even right down to body image and stuff like that. Like it's it comes with the territory of ageing and I think that you need to be fair on yourself. Um, it does get easier over time as long as you invest the time in yourself and actually learning who you are as a person. And that might sound corny but it really isn't. It's really about acknowledging the quirky behaviours, you know, the great attributes and also acknowledging things that you're not capable of, that you struggle with, because that's your makeup. And the chances are you might not ever change, but acknowledging them are one step further for you to then go, these are the areas I need help with then, because that's not my strength. Um, This is my no-go zone because it doesn't make me happy. Um, And once you create these parameters for yourself based on your personality, what you can do, what you can't do, what you're prepared to do and what you're not prepared to do, it's about almost writing a little book about yourself. Um, you know, what do you struggle with? What do you enjoy? Again, what are you prepared to do? What, what's a, I'm just, that's a no-go zone for me. Write this stuff down and it'll become very apparent what Gaps are there that could be assisted whether you need an external person to help you, whether you want to do some self-development for yourself. But it's more about seeing it and acknowledging these are my attributes and these are the things I'm struggling with. Um, And you will constantly, like I recently was thinking to myself, you know, am I I doing enough um, in respects to something compared to another brand it wasn't even a similar brand but I'm like oh could I be doing more and I was you know beating myself up about it and I thought you know what Bryony there's only so many hours in the day at the moment so it also comes back to being practical and compassionate and having empathy for yourself and really what you can control in that moment so if you are feeling self-doubt and you're being judgy towards yourself maybe you're feeling oh I don't know, my podcast could be bloody better. I could have more followers. Well, right in the moment, can I make that happen right now? Like right in this second? No, I can't because I'm wiping my child's bum. (laughs) It's kind of not going to happen right now, Bryony. So we need to (laughs) shut that down for a moment. Um, So it's about bringing things back to reality as to 
what you really can control and not beating yourself up about it. So there's a fine line, isn't there, because it's like get out there and action stuff, have a plan. And, of course, you you need to sort of hold yourself a little bit accountable. But if you're just forever beating yourself up over being better all the time, again, it comes back to I'm not enjoying this moment because all I'm worrying about is being better. It's good to be better, but if that's all you're ever, you're okay. It's okay not to be better. Yes. It's okay to cry. It's okay. I mean, it was only a few days ago I was crying and on the phone to my mum over a series of stupid shit that just accumulated in. And if I pulled everything apart, it was all dumb. <laughs> but together it was collectively too much. So it's okay not to be better some days. It's okay just to be getting on with the job getting on with what needs to be done, worrying about your extra customers tomorrow because today, right now, um, and some days you don't feel productive and then you beat yourself, oh, I'm not feeling productive. Look at her. She's got her (laughs) fitness gear on and then the next minute she's on her laptop like I want to punch her in the (laughs) face. Where does she get this energy from? Oh, you know. But that, that's not the reality. Between Pilates and her laptop, she might have had a nervous breakdown. You don't see these bits. You know, you don't. So it's really about breaking it down into how you're feeling at the moment. Are you feeling fatigued? Your body's telling you, slow the hell down. If you feel on top of the world and you've got some energy, right, everybody, I'm cancelling all the mundane bullshit business stuff I normally do. I'm having a feeling productive. I'm going to get shit done today. So it's. I, I just think no matter which way you word it, describe it, explain it, no matter what it is in life that you're struggling with, it all comes back to not appreciating your own self enough, not investing enough time in understanding your personality and understanding your own happiness. And and I think that's really the key is accepting that there's going to be good moments, bad moments, there's good elements of you, not so great elements of you, and they're all fine. They're all fine. Oh all fine. It's just so refreshing every time, Ronnie. Like it just, you really just bring it back for us. And I think, you know, even just listening to that just then I was like, yes, like this is just so true. Why, why are we always aspiring to be that absolute best version when that's not really life? Like, you know, the everyday. Mm. So I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and talk about motherhood and imposter syndrome in motherhood you know sure. you guys yeah. <laughs> yes and I'm sure the women listening the mums listening will be you know nodding their heads I think you know there's always this idea around oh of course you're going to have imposter syndrome in business because you're trying to build something you're trying to do something a bit extra or whatever but we we often don't actually appreciate that happens in our personal lives and and as mums mm. you know can you talk to us a little bit about you know, we've talked a lot about your your mom experience, your experience as a mom in the early days. But can you bring us back for a moment to one of the points where you really felt imposter syndrome in the early days, and and what your initial reaction was, and then I guess how you've learnt to deal with it. Mm. I, I'm not sure that there was any one specific moment, but I do think there was there was lots of little ones along the way. You know, it could be it could have been when I was you know catching up with. Uh, the mother's group and we'd all get together and everyone's got these amazing home-cooked things and I'm rocking up with the iced donuts that have come from <laughs> Coles. You know, like I'm I'm the mum that brings the, <laughs> the port stuff. Um, and then we're having discussions around making our own chicken nuggets and I'm like, what? Like that's great, good. I, I, I am not 
you know, begrudging anyone that gets joy out of that. Um, but I was definitely, ooh, maybe, I, I don't know, should I be doing more of this stuff? I just, but then I also decided to have a laugh about it and and acknowledge that that's, if that's a failing, well, that's a failing. And and I just am not the mum that's going to be baking bread. I just, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, look, I think for first time mums, if I can look in, in back in retrospect and, and I can reflect, I think as a first time mum, and I'm definitely not now, but when I was, and I would think it's the same for most. You've got nothing to compare your current situation to. And I think we've grown up with these ideas of what motherhood would be. And again, it all comes back to these ideals, doesn't it? Um, and what you've seen. And unfortunately, again, it's and it doesn't matter what topic you're talking about, again, whether it's business, mums, um, uh, mental health, sexual relationships, any any topic you talk about, people always only talk about the positive, most times, the positive aspects of it. You don't often get someone sitting you down saying, okay, Michelle, now when you have kids one day, just letting you know this and 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 you've probably got not all week for me to list all the things that are going to go wrong. <laughs> and you know, No one sits you down and tells you that like because they don't want to ruin it for you. Like it's like it's taking some beautiful moment away from you and that I get that but I kind of think someone within the family or the friendship group should sort of say look it's okay you're actually not going to like your child sometimes (laughs) um and you're not going to probably like yourself and you're probably going to question I think we would all be a lot easier on ourselves Mm. if we knew we were going to just totally question every decision we made now um a business can be your own baby and that's hard enough, but when you actually give birth to something, wow, that's just next level complications right there. And, you know, the the hormonal imbalances that happen around that time and obviously just the fact that you are responsible for mm. something and even if you're tired and even if you're hungry or you're having a bad day, you can't walk away from that thing. Like you're responsible for it. So that's overwhelming. So if you put sleep deprivation, questioning yourself, comparing your ideals to what they should what you should be doing you're just opening yourself up for mass destruction like it's and and I know that's what happened to me I really set myself up for totally having my shit together I'd be swinging a laptop from my shoulders and two twins off my boobs breastfeeding and and being happy all day long like what a massive shock that that wasn't the case you know you've got another human being that's got a very different idea of how their day is going to go and it's never the way you want it to. Um, so, so I think it's, again, about accepting and being realistic that it's not always going to be, um, you know, pretty bows on their hair and, and cute little bums you want to bite. It's not going to be about that. It's going to be about pooey bums you want to donate to someone and, and, you know, clothes you just like that. I'm not even washing that. That's going straight to the bin. You know, it's it's those things. And I think you become less hard on yourself when you acknowledge that not everything, it's impossible for everything to go okay all the time. It's in, it is so impossible and you are just another person that's having a shitty day or a shitty moment and it's so all right. And if anyone's going to judge you for that, well, honestly, I mean, they need to just go. It's just you just don't need that in your life because it's hard. I think the judgment we have towards ourself is often destructive enough that you don't need peers around you that could possibly be made, and whether that's family or friends, you don't need that around you. Again, what what do you want to achieve as a mum? Is it? And ultimately, I think people would go, I just want a happy, healthy kid. 
They don't need to go to 10 after school activities. <laughs> True. Shit. Who's got the time? If you do, good on you. But, like, don't put that pressure on yourself or your kid. You're setting up this expectation that they've got to have their day jam-packed with stuff and you're not allowed to have a break. And, again, it's setting up this ideal that life's all about experiencing. Well, sometimes it's not. (laughs) Sometimes it's about sitting on the couch and just sucking your thumb, yes. having a wine, reading a book. You don't have to be experiencing life all the time and that's a monumental pressure to have for you to think that you've got to experience everything, your children have got to experience everything because you're straight away going to put yourself into a level of self-doubt and you're never going to achieve all of that. You're just not. So it's just be goddamn kind to yourself, mm. You know, take a little bit of a breath and say, I'm I'm happy with my child just being happy and healthy. I really that's all I need. I don't I don't need to worry about the, the hand handmade homemade chicken nuggets. God's sake. <laughs> goodness, those homemade chicken nuggets. Mm. I've loved, have loved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you are just so, so right. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Like it's just so spot on. And I think, you know, a question I've got for you is when we are experiencing that self-doubt, whether it be motherhood or, you know, in our businesses, and then we have someone validate that or or say to us exactly what mm. we've been, you know, feeling mm. and kind of go, oh, maybe you shouldn't. It almost makes it like 10 times worse. How can we get better at just when we're in the moments of self-doubt or, you know, experiencing imposter syndrome, just shutting out the rest? Like, mm. you know, how can we get better at that? Yeah, I think it's, again, then having empathy for yourself and uh, understanding that, okay, in that moment maybe you didn't deal with that or or maybe ideally, and there's that word I don't like, but ideally it could have been handled a different way or there could have been a better ideal for that outcome and maybe the person that's giving you that advice is is right as well. But, Mm. again, it's about thinking to yourself, okay, I made a mistake or I could have handled that better or, yeah, I I yelled at my child and I wasn't the mum that I thought I should be or what everybody else is skipping along the road looking awesome and I I literally just screamed at my child. In that moment, I was having a really bad moment and something happened or I've had no sleep or whatever the reason, no one wakes up wanting to scream at their child. But in that moment it happened. Acknowledge that it happened. Acknowledge that it wasn't an ideal response or wasn't something that you maybe should have done. And I think you need to learn to come to peace with the things that you do wrong um, because it makes it so much easier to apologise, whether it's in friendships or business. So it's about acknowledging, again, your own personality, having empathy that in that moment it was the best you could do. Next time maybe I can try a different way. But at that moment it's it's kind of what I did and it's happened. You actually can't go back five minutes ago and change it. It's happened now. So what what is the, what is the point of continually digesting something that you possibly could have done better because let's not face it sometimes the imposter syndrome maybe it's not even imposter syndrome is it then it's it's just that you could have done something better mm-hmm. and you are judging yourself and maybe you do need to in that situation maybe the situations where you go yeah I was pretty shit at that I was a pretty shit friend could have answered that better could have helped my child better but in that moment you know what for whatever reason you didn't and you need to acknowledge that you didn't and then move on okay next time 
this is probably a better way of responding. And I think the quicker that you can accept that, it makes it much easier to apologise. It makes it much easier to grow. But if you're just stuck in five minutes ago, I yelled at them, you can't grow from that if you're stuck in the past. You know, it's very much about moving forward. And, you know, God, I've done like lots of things that I'm not proud of. Like, wow. But I do I judge myself over it? used to. I don't anymore. I'm much, much more compassionate towards myself um, and someone who does have uh, mental health issues. I have to. I have yeah. to be constantly daily compassionate towards things that I do and or, or think or say. Um, you know, it, it's about that acknowledgement and, and just accepting that we're not all perfect and we we do make mistakes and that's totally fine but not to dwell on it move move forward and um you know Im- improve on those areas i yeah i so appreciate that i think you know i think we we can just we are just so hard on ourselves you know and i think we we just there are times where, as you said, it's it's necessary to kind of look back and go, oh, you know, maybe I didn't show up in the best way at that point. Mm. But then it's almost like let's let's move on. Correct. You know, w- was there a time you mentioned that you used to judge more, and that now you know it's it's a bit easier for you? When did that shift happen for you, and and what was there a defining moment, or was mm. it just you know talk to us a little bit about how you made that transition? Uh, look, I, I definitely think that it's. Uh, again, something that's constantly evolving all the time. But I think really for me it was definitely when I my younger twin boys were maybe about sort of six months old. And I'm not saying I had my shit together when I had this epiphany, but I did think to myself that if I don't get a grip on my, my reality and my expectations, then I am no good to anybody because right now I'm heading down a path of mass destruction where I don't know what's going to happen to me because I was extremely depressed and and I was quite mental. Like I was um, having anger outbursts and it just wasn't a good look at all. Um, And so for me it was a fight or flight. I just had to do something. I had to deal. Like the alternative was just not an option. And so for me, it was, okay, I need to start working on the reality and being kinder to myself because what I'm doing now is not working. This beating myself up is not working. These expectations I've got on myself, it's not working. So whether I have an ideal and I want that motherhood to my motherhood to look like that, whether I I have these ideals that I really want to work to, they're pointless if... If in the meantime everything's falling apart, it's not working. Proof's in the pudding. It's just not working, these ideals that I'm trying to put on myself. Because if on a day-to-day basis you are not working from mostly a part, a, a place of happiness, and I say mostly because we're not all bouncing off the walls, but if you're not mostly working from a p- place of happiness or contentment, then what you're doing is not working or it's something's causing an imbalance, which of course is going to make you feel sick, you're going to feel tired, lethargic, your memory doesn't work, all these things happen. Um, And I think that for me was just the reality check that I just got sick to death of questioning myself. It was draining. It was just draining. So I thought I'm just not, I just can't do this anymore. I have to be kinder on myself or there'll be no ideal. There will be no end goal that looks shiny at the end of this. 
it, it'll just be forever this. It'll be forever this foggy, hard, sluggish, why am I even waking up in the morning? And no one needs that. You're not, you're not going to get your shiny Christmas balls at the end of it if if that's how you're feeling because that those feelings accumulate before you know. The more unwell you are, the more unwell you get. It's just that whole accumulation effect, isn't it? Um, the more self-doubt you have, the more you, more you create. Like it's it's a really just putting a fine, uh, drawing a line in the sand and saying currently this, the way I'm thinking is not serving me a, a positive purpose at all. I need to find contentment and I need to find a place where I'm actually okay with where I'm at, even when I stuff shit up. Even then. Mm. Oh, my goodness. No, just so well said. So I want to talk a little bit now, you know, as we kind of come to the close of this episode, but before we do wrap up, I want to talk about you with the, the, the children now. And, you know, you said that in the early days, you know, you had that moment where you were like, I've got to shift, otherwise I'm just not going to make it, you know. But now, you know, in your day-to-day, I mean, they're a lot older, you're beautiful boys. I think they just started, was it year seven mm. or high school? So, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you deal with that now. And I guess, you know, they've also got their own personalities mm. now and, and whatnot. <laughs> so how, how have you managed? And yeah, look, again, I don't want to take away the fact that uh, from the fact that there will be parents that struggle with children that have different, um, whether there's disabilities or, yeah. you know, because I think that, because what, what for myself I was about to say is that Again, it's experience, and as we've we've grown together, expectations become well. My expectations um, of being a mum have gotten a lot better, but of course, I think if you have issues within the family dynamic, that may be hard because you, again, you're dealing with different personalities in a, in a home. So I, I need to be very careful about how I word this because it's it's from my perspective. So from my perspective, I think it's been. It's gotten different, mm-hmm. maybe not easier. Um, I'm definitely easier on myself, mm-hmm. so I, I definitely am not so judgmental of myself as a mum. Um, I've really learnt to back off and say, okay, these are two humans that I created, but ultimately one day they need to leave me. And so I can't mollycoddle them and do everything for them Yes, I want them to have the perfect life. I don't want them to struggle. I don't want them to have issues. But if I'm really honest with myself, they need to have stuff go wrong. And what better for it to happen under my watch so I can assist them rather than put them put them into cotton wool, make myself feel awesome because I'm just the best parent because I've driven them everywhere. I've done their homework for them. I've made all their meals for them. I've cooked all organic. Like, you know, there's all these things I could do for my boys, but I don't because I, one, I, it would not be fair on me. I'm not, I'm seriously, who am I? I'm not, I can't do all things. Already superwoman. I don't know about that, but you can't do all things. You just can't. Like, it's not fair. Again, it's having empathy and compassion for yourself. It's not kind for you to do that to yourself, but it's also not kind to have that expectation um, for your children because then they have this expectation that they're going to look get looked after in life and it's a bit of a rude reality check because they won't be. So, you know, when you're having these moments where you feel like you should be doing more when they're older and driving them around and doing all, just think, no, you're actually doing them a disservice doing that. Um, 
it'd be much better that it comes from you than them having that disappointment and shock maybe in the workplace or something. So that's how I get around maybe feeling that I could be doing more. Mm. I just think, no, no, I'm not going to do more. They need to sort this out themselves. I mean, I have a six-year-old, a little bit different with mm. him, but, but you know, totally different dynamic. And, again, yes, it comes down to experience. Um, there are still really hard moments. You know, I've got two... Oh, I'd hate me saying this, but they're prepubescent yeah. teen boys. I don't know that they're any better than the girls, to be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to question that. I bet you'll have a few uh, teenage mums debating me or commenting on that. I'm, I have no idea. I don't have teenage girls, but I'm just going to say it ain't easy. So, you know, I think from yeah. that point of view, yes, you've got all of those things. But one one decision I did make with my kids so that they always understood and it made me feel better was mm. to let them know why I make the decisions I do. Mm. Not saying I sit there and have a full D&M because at the end of the day it's my rules and, you know, but if I have had a bad day or maybe I have raised my voice or, you know, I just let them know, look, I'm really sorry that that happened. It's because of this and I shouldn't have said that or spoke to you that way or, but, you know, I've just had this happen today. And, and, and so I think the boys have become such compassionate kids because they realize their mum isn't queen like I do have my faults Mm. and as much as they might want to put me on the pedestal of mums as all kids do they think their mums the bee's knees Mm. um they also understand and it's okay that I'm going to have bad days just like they do um and I think it makes their days easier because when they have a bad day I've acknowledged that I have them Mm. I'm not setting up this expectation that life's all full and 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 it's all glory it's not um so you your kids are watching your actions and they, you, you're really setting the precinct for them and their behaviours and I think the best thing for you to do is acknowledge if you're not feeling like a great mum. I, I, honestly, a few months ago I said to the boys, I actually feel like I'm not being a good enough mum right now and I know ridiculously that's not the truth but I had to say it because I felt like that and so I just feel like, you know, you, you boys are on your phones and I'm not seeing you and, and you're in the house but I just, you know, is there more? I could, should we do do more together? And then they both sort of started to cry and they're like, Mum, oh, Mum, no, you're the best mum in the world oh, and, you know, and which was so beautiful because that, but, and I said, well, I don't want to make you upset. I just mm. wanted to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm enough for you and they're mm. like, yeah, of course you were enough. And so you just think, I think our expectations are just ridiculous. Mm. The kids just want you to love them and communicate with them and spend time with them. Um, you know, they don't want you taking them to all these different things. Um, you know, go out and have a nice little lunch with them if they can sit still for five minutes. I don't know. That's not always possible. <laughs> Strap them down in a carousel and have some food there where they can't move. But, you know, it's 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 that. So, um Again, I think it doesn't get easier. I think it gets different. But what mm. can become easier is your expectations of yourself. Mm. Oh, so, so interesting. And I, yeah, I'm just loving this. So I've got a couple of final questions. The first one is, you know, what's the number one piece of advice that you'd want mums to remember, you know, when it comes to, or even just the women listening, mums and the business owners or the aspiring business owners, when it comes to imposter syndrome and when it comes to being kinder with ourselves? Yeah, look, I think, again, um, it's definitely laying out those strategies around getting to know yourself. Mm. Um, But I do feel that it's about trying accepting that you might fail at bits, maybe you might fail at the whole thing. But there's always time to fix things. There's always time to improve. And 
time is so precious. If you've been given that, utilise it. Utilise the opportunity to be happy. Utilise the opportunity when you fail to do better and utilise the opportunity when you have, uh, you know, maybe made some mistakes or um, it just it's just about improving yourself. I think it's about enjoying the process, not just the ending of something. You know, if you love eating cake but you don't enjoy making it, it's the bloody point of making it. Go and buy one. But that's okay too. I'm a buyer of cakes. I'm not a maker of them. But it's it's about the process of it and enjoy the failure mm. and just and I'm not talking like something out of your hands and and financially like because that's soul destroying. But if if there's been a failure, enjoy the process that you've been or enjoy the opportunity you've been given to rectify something because there's a lot of people that don't have the chance to improve on something. They have things taken away from them mm. or they have out of their hands a business go under because of something maybe someone else has done or, or COVID, I don't know, yeah. something, you know, there's, this, there's situations that have been taken away from people. So if you have been given an opportunity, good or bad, to do something in that moment, you've been given time and that's, wow, how many people don't have that that would love to be in your shoes to turn back time to have done things differently or have the time to to change things? So it's about enjoying the process, enjoying the failure, um, and everything is an opportunity to work towards your own contentment, not about being better, working towards your own contentment. Oh, Oh my goodness, Bryony, ladies and gentlemen, we have missed you. You are absolutely, absolutely amazing. And it was just such a good end. I think we'll wrap it there. Look, Bryony, thank you so much. We're so excited to be back. And I'm really excited for the next episode where we're going to start a brand new series um, that's woven through the podcast and it's called How to Start a Business. Oh, that's going to be super exciting. Thank you for listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things Adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time. Thank you.